want to invite you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read from verses 14 to 21. And uh, this has been on my heart uh, leading into this weekend. Verse 14 says this, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, key verse, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. What a powerful passage of Scripture. I want to speak to you today on the subject, there's always more in God. There's always more in God. Several years ago, back uh, 2006, my wife and I and a team of about 11 people, we planted a church in our lounge room and um, God really blessed that work. And three years later, several hundred people were in the church, staff facilities. God was doing an amazing work, but we needed about $100,000 to fit out part of our facility. And as a young church, we didn't have that coin. And we'd been to the church many times for offerings. And it was clear that we needed another solution. And so my wife and I were praying one night in our home. And after uh, several uh, minutes of prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke quite a bizarre word to my heart. He said, I want you to run from Sydney to Melbourne to raise the money. Immediately, my response was, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus, because that could only come from the enemy himself. What a stupid harebrained idea that is. But two hours later, I had a whole strategy in place and went back to the team. They sort of laughed and uh, nodded in agreement and said, you'll do amazing, Pastor, but we're not coming with you. And uh, three months later, we launched out from Hillsong Church in Sydney on a uh, Sunday morning and uh, Darlene Check prayed for me and put her hand on my left uh, shoulder. I have not washed that shoulder to this day. And, uh, and so we launched out and two weeks later, over 1,172 kilometres, we ran into a uh, service back in Melbourne And instead of $100,000, God graciously gave us over those two weeks $160,000 to go towards helping fit out the facility for our young church. And if there's anything that the story of the Bible and my own story reveals is that there's always more in God. When 5,000 men needed lunch at the Jesus Conference beside women and children, uh, Jesus uh, began with the lowest common denominator, five loaves and two fish, and he multiplied it to feed thousands of people. There is always more in God. When Peter toiled all night with an empty fishing net and Jesus came along and said, hey, why don't you throw your nets over the other side? Peter and the other fishermen hauled in such a great amount of fish that the nets began to break. There is always more in God. When the wine ran out at the wedding in Cana and Mary, the mother of Jesus, said to the servants, just do whatever he tells you. And Jesus told them to fill those water containers up 
uh, with water and then they were turned into wine and the host said, you've saved the best wine until last. I want to tell you, there is always more in God. When Jacob asked God for bread to eat and clothing to wear, God said to Jacob, bread and clothing, there's a nation inside of you. I'm changing your name from Jacob to Israel because there is always more in God. When Jesus died on the cross and the disciples concluded it was the end, we're going back to the fishing nets. They turned up to the empty tomb three days later and the angel of the Lord was there and said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Because there is always more in God. If you've concluded you've done it all, seen it all and bought the t-shirt in the kingdom of God, I want to tell you you've concluded wrong because there is always more in God. And one of the problems that our brokenness actually confronts us with is that we tend to limit God to the size of our current circumstance. The doctor's report comes in, the bills pile up, the press conference brings more bad news. And all of a sudden, our picture of God, our revelation, our understanding of God is reduced to the size of the circumstance that we're facing in our lives. An unrenewed mind will always assume that because the circumstances says it, that settles it. But I'm here to to tell you there is always more in God. When the 12 spies returned to the promised land or from the promised land, should I say, 10 of them brought back a bad report. They looked at the giants, they looked at the circumstances, they looked at the problems that were in the promised land and concluded it was too difficult. And they said to Moses and and the whole nation of Israel, we seemed like grasshoppers uh, compared to the giants there and so we seem to them. They were more impressed with the problem than God's promise. Are you more impressed with your problems right now than you are with the promises of God over your life? That's why it's so important we observe Romans 12 too, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by not the removal of our minds, the renewal, the renewing of our thinking. One of the biggest things for the body of Christ in this moment, in this hour and in this nation is to approach whatever it is that we're facing from a renewed mindset, from a God perspective, a heavenly perspective. Seeing God for who He really is requires a renewed mind. How do you get a renewed mind? Well, firstly, if you own a Bible, I would encourage you to read it every single day. Open it every single day. It doesn't need to be more complex than that, but it's amazing how many of us, we own maybe multiple Bibles, but we never read it. And we'll observe social media, we'll look at the news, we'll look at a whole bunch of other things with our work, and all those things are okay, and yet we'll never stop and actually read the very thing that will alter and shift our perspective to come into alignment with God's perspective for our life. The other thing I would say to you is listen to the uh, biblical preaching and teaching that's coming out of this house. Don't just come on Sunday or online and just listen and, and pay mental assent to that and another you know, good sermon pastor. That's all nice, but actually immerse yourself in the Word that's coming out of this house. Saturate yourself in the Word. There's so many teaching resources and yet often believers are listening to all the other podcasts except the one that's coming from their house. I would encourage you in your small groups and in every aspect of the life of the church, 
to develop a biblical paradigm and framework of who God really is. A.W. Tozer said this, a low view of God is the cause of 1,000 lesser evils, but a high view of God is the solution to 10,000 problems. We need an accurate, brilliant, high view of who our God is in the midst of what we are facing around us. You know, when Jesus asked us to pray in Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was asking us to live from heaven's perspective in the earthly realm. Many believers are sort of living in the earthly realm from an earthly perspective. There's a saying that says, oh, that person is so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. But I've discovered the opposite is true. You can be so earthly minded but not any heavenly good. You can be so carnal in our thinking that actually all all the, the truths and promises of the Word of God we pay mental assent to, but it doesn't actually translate to application or life transformation in our lives. Romans 8, 6 says, The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life. Where's your mindset at in this hour? Is it simply on the practical things of your life or are you setting your mind on the spirit? Because if God's thoughts and ways are going to become our thoughts and ways, we've got to get our minds on the work of the Spirit, the person of the Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit leading us into? God does not want you to approach your career, your job, your family, your education, and everything that God has entrusted you with simply from the paradigm of earth. He wants you to get a heavenly, eternal perspective on what it is that you and I are living and stewarding in this hour. Because as you read your Bible, as your mind becomes renewed, you begin to be able to discern truth from error and you begin to believe that God is able to do far more than you ask or think. This is the crescendo of this passage as the Apostle Paul draws the the church in Ephesus' attention to verse 20. He says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. You know, the root word for the phrase far more abundantly is the uh, Greek word hooper. And from that, it actually means beyond all scope or comprehension. So no matter what you ask God for or what you can imagine, God can exceed it beyond all scope and comprehension. Ask God the craziest request. He can exceed it beyond all scope and comprehension. Imagine the wildest idea of what God could do or create and God can exceed it beyond all scope and comprehension. We see evidence of this in the Old Testament with King Solomon. When King Solomon asked God for wisdom, God not only gave him wisdom, he gave him far more than he asked for. In 1 Kings 3.13, God said to Solomon, I give you also what you have not asked me for, both riches and honour. When Israel looked more like a wasteland than a promised land, God gave them the prophet Isaiah who prophesied in Isaiah 55 eight, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts greater than your thoughts. If, our, if God's thoughts and ways are going to become our thoughts and ways, we're going to need to think like God. 
And one of the names of God is El Shaddai. El Shaddai means God Almighty or God is able. When Abram was 99 years old, his wife was barren and his body wasn't working like it used to. And and yet the promised son was still not a reality. God comes and introduces himself to Abram as I am El Shaddai. In other words, he was saying, I am God Almighty. I am able to do that, which even in your circumstance looks impossible. We've been singing it all morning about breakthrough is coming. We've been singing all morning about heaven coming. We've been singing the, the, the truth of it, but do we really believe it? And do we, do we really live it in our lives? If you've concluded there is nothing more in God for you, in your walk with God, in your ministry, in your workplace, in your family, I want to tell you, you've concluded wrong because we're in relationship with El Shaddai. God is almighty and God is able. And God has more for you in 2022. This is why I felt the word of the Lord for this house at this time. He has more for you. He has more purpose for you to fulfill in 2022. He has more calling for you to explore and discover and walk in in 2022. He has more fruit for you to grow in and produce through your life, in your character, in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's got more blessing to give you in 2022. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's all available, but we're not necessarily accessing it. But God wants you to access more in 2022. There are more people that he wants to add to this house in 2022. There are more people that he wants you to speak to and and encourage and give hope to in 2022. There's more of his presence that we're yet to actually discover and actually acknowledge in our lives. The Bible is filled with all sorts of exhortations of God doing far more than we can ask or imagine. In Romans 5.20, it says, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.7, if the ministry of death carved in letters of stone came with much glory, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? And I think one of the chief obstacles to God moving more through our lives is our lack of partnership with the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. There is a key word in verse 20 that we need to pay attention to because Paul draws our attention to it. The Bible says God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according. Everybody say according. According to the power at work within us. So God is able to do far more But if we're going to access that more in our life, it is according to something. It's according to our partnership. In fact, the phrase according to means in agreement with. It means dependent upon. So in other words, the Apostle Paul is saying, God's more than able to do far more than you ask or think, but it's actually dependent on your agreement with the power that works within you. It's dependent on your willingness to partner, co-labor with the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. There is no limit to God's power. The only limitation is our lack of co-laboring with the power that's at work within us. 1 Corinthians 3.9, the Bible says we are 
co-laborers with God. Who is this God that lives inside of us? Colossians 1.27 answers, Christ in me, the hope of glory. You see, whilst Christ lives inside of you, His presence lives inside of you, His promise lives inside of you, there is always hope, the hope of His glory, of His weightiness, of His presence. And when you and I get saved, born again, we ask Jesus to forgive us our sin. The presence of the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are now the habitation of heaven. God's Spirit, Christ in me, the hope of glory, dwells in the believer. That same power that brooded over the formless void in Genesis 1, waiting for the Father to declare those words, let there be light. And the Bible says there was light because the Spirit, the creative agent of the Godhead, began to move and create that which was spoken out of God's mouth, that same spirit lives inside of you today if you're a follower of Jesus. The Bible tells us that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will give mortal life to our bodies if that spirit is alive inside of us. That is all true at the moment of conversion, salvation, regeneration. Your spirit is regenerated. You are now a new creation, but your mind, out my mind, is still carnal. It needs to be renewed. It needs to be transformed. My will is still rebellious. It wants to do what it wants to do. It needs to be broken. The Bible says in Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and contrite heart, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. You see, you need to understand that the journey of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, is the process of transformation whereby your mind, your will and emotions comes into conformity to the image and likeness of who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit needs something to work with. He lives inside of us, but He needs some truth to actually work with in our lives. He actually needs us to begin to think God's thoughts. He needs us to have a right view of who God is. He needs us to actually begin to operate in wisdom. And then the Holy Spirit begins to partner with our partnering with Him and brings the more into our lives that God is trying to bring. You see, what Paul and what this text is actually pointing us to is that God will move more through you according to your obedience to His power working in you. It's so good I need to say that again. It must be good because Pastor Sean said so. God will move more through you according to your obedience to His power working in you. You see, following Jesus, I've discovered, is a lifelong journey of learning to get out of the way so God can have his say in your life. So often we insert ourselves into our own adventure, if you know what I'm talking about. We insert ourselves into the narrative of our lives, whilst all the time God is like, would you just, would your flesh get out of the way so I can actually have my say through your life? I've discovered there never would have been a cross without a Gethsemane. Jesus said, yet not my will, but yours be done. Can we all just agree today that if the Son of God, Jesus himself, had a wrestle with his will, maybe you and I as his followers might have a little bit of a wrestle. 
Maybe there might be some things in our lives that God doesn't necessarily want the way that we see it or want it, yet not my will, but yours be done. Because God knows in His sovereignty on the other side of that Gethsemane and on the other side of that cross is a resurrection, empty tomb of God's goodness and purpose in our lives. You see, the greatest danger for those who have been Christians for a long time is that we get good and then we stop. We get to a point of growth in our walk with God and we stop at the halfway house of personal comfort and convenience. You may have started to climb that mountain of relationship with God, but you got to the halfway house or the chalet of personal offence or convenience and you've stopped forgetting or or ignoring the fact that there's still another part of the mountain that God wants you to climb. There's still a purpose to fulfil. There's still a calling God still has more for you in your life for you to explore and discover and I've discovered many believers don't access the more that God has for them because they get saved and then they stop beholding the glory of the Lord the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3 18 as we behold the glory of the Lord we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another And you might have concluded today, well, I've done enough, God. I've seen enough. But I want to tell you today, there's always more in God. Really briefly, how do you partner with the Holy Spirit to move more abundantly through you? Just a few keys. What Number one, firstly, listen closely. Listen closely. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, to draw near to listen is better than the fat of rams. Meaning, To draw near to listen is better than the the sacrifices or the offerings that we would make. We've got to listen closely to the Word. Listen closely to the Spirit in our lives. Secondly, we've got to obey promptly. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? After we listen closely and we primarily do that in His Word, we obey promptly. Thirdly, we need to repent quickly. Can I encourage you to keep a short account of sin with God? Acts 3.19 says, Repent that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come to you. A lot of people are not refreshed in their spirit because they are harboring offence and sin that they have not walked away from, confessed and repented of. Let's repent quickly. Fourthly, walk humbly with God. Micah 6.8 says, what does the Lord require of you? Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. And lastly, love unconditionally. If you'll listen closely, obey promptly, repent quickly, walk humbly, love unconditionally. Ephesians 3.17 exhorts us that we would be rooted and grounded in love, meaning that everything we do in our life would be motivated by the love of God for people and for God. If we do that, we discover something, all of a sudden God begins to do the more. The more that he wants to do through us, the more that he wants to do in us. I um, was in prayer early this morning and the Holy Spirit just put a word uh, on top of this word for you and just prophetically and I'm just wondering if the band would come up, that'd be great. But just he said to me, um, 
these words and I wrote it down as he um, spoke it to me. He said, I'm wanting to do a new thing amongst my people, speaking of you. The interruptions of the previous season will give way to uninterrupted momentum, blessing and favour. It's time to build upon the past and add height to my purposes for the church. I believe that it's like things have almost been in a holding pattern, but I see God saying it's time to add some height to what God wants to do in this house. New favour with government will be evident. New relationships will be forged for kingdom advancement. I am doing a new thing in my church. A fresh wind of my spirit will blow through the church and reinvigorate passion in my house for my presence. A season of stepping out in faith will be rewarded tangibly. There are going to come some uh, tangible opportunities to step out in faith, to take risks of faith. And the Lord says, you will be rewarded as you step out in faith. Tangible outcomes concerning souls added, resources released and leaders developed. Young and old alike will be added to my church in 2022. I have called you to more and I will add to you more in 2022. And the picture that he showed me, I saw this um, uh, swell in the ocean increasing as it was approaching the shoreline. And the Lord said that there is a swell of my purpose and my spirit that is, that is approaching my people. And I really believe that God is wanting us to access more in 2022. But in order to access that, we've got to believe for it. And not just go, well, it's business as usual. My job is, is you know, as usual. My family as usual. My kids as usual. Church as usual. The pastors as usual. No, there's always more in God. <laughs>